Good morning. Look to the person next to you and say, you keep on getting better. No, Brandon, come on. Felt like y'all needed some encouragement today. Bob and praise team, that was awesome. Let's give them another hand. They deserve it. If you guys keep doing that every week, I may just join you. Um, want to welcome you today. Good to see everybody. Uh, we're going to be continuing in our series called The Word. And, uh, you know, we want you and God wants you to use his word for your life and in your life and through any and every circumstance. Um, you know, the Bible is more than just a book. It's God's word. It's supernatural. And there's power in it. There's life in it. And for us, all of us, uh, we need to see the purpose in it. We need to see the value and the importance to it. And we need to we need to be consistent, right, when it comes to God's Word. Man, Virginia Tech. What one word comes to your mind? Probably a bunch, right? You're like, you can't, there's so many. But, uh, you know, I look back over the past 10 years or so, and one thing that is consistent is inconsistency. You know, it's just up and down, and there's just not really, you can't really count on anything, right? Um, I feel like many of us are that way with God's Word. It's just, it's that frustrating to God sometimes, you know, with us and His Word, and He's back there thinking, just, come on, right? Just, just be consistent. I don't want you to be superhero Bible scholar, Right, but but I want you just to be consistent. You know, um, <clears throat> I really want all people, all of us, you know, no matter your age, to step back. And this series is not going to be the typical study your Bible, read your read the Bible series. In order for you to do something consistently, what do you have to do? You have to value what you're doing. Right? Most people, when they look at the Bible and they hear a message, oh, you need to read your Bible or you need to, you, you need to read God's Word, right? You need to study it, memorize it. Most people hear that and they think, oh, I just, it's something i got to do. The point in this series is just to open our eyes to what the Bible is. And, and once you do that, then you will want to read it. You will want to hear it. You will want to study it. You will want to... To eat it, right? As Jesus said, you, you live on it. Not just bread, but his words. God's word equals a good life. A good life for you and me. So it's one of those things where we just, we're missing out if that is missing from our lives. Hebrews 4.12, this is, I guess, the theme verse for this whole series. The word of God is alive and active. I want that. Those two words just to repeat in your head over and over again. Alive and active, alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, 
joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Lots of words there. It's pretty much saying there's nothing like the words of God. Nothing like it. Alive and active. Not just a book, right? It's alive. It's, It's living. So alive is really what the Bible is. It's alive. Active is what the Bible does. It's what it does. It's active in the world. It's active in your life. When you read it, it acts. It does something. It it serves a purpose, a point. It has meaning. It's the Word of God. Um, And in this series, we wanted to hear from you, you know, what, what are your favorite words of God? What are some of those words of God that have meaning to you and are very special? They've brought you peace, hope, strength, and comfort. They've given you life. What are some of those words? And and some of you have responded. And today we're going to be talking about one of those verses that, uh, you know, a lot of you said this is my verse. Let me just read to you why this verse is so important. One person said it's my favorite verse for many reasons. It gets me through the day. On all, ta- on all tasks, I can feel overwhelmed, but I can repeat this verse and it calms me. We can't do anything in life without God's help. He gives us strength in all areas. That's good. Another person says, this is my favorite ber- verse because it reminds me that God cares about all things, even small things that I face, and with his strength, I can overcome all things. And this person says, he has brought me through some very trying times. I know without him, I would have failed. That's good. The verse is this, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have you heard of that before? Is that your verse? You just didn't want to participate, right? Didn't want to fill out the thing. Is that your verse? It is for a lot of people. As a matter of fact, from 2014 to 2019, it was Twitter's most popular tweet tweeted verse. Did I mess that up big time? It was the most tweeted Bible verse on Twitter. There you go. (laughs) For five years, and all of a sudden, 2020, and then it just kind of takes a step back, but then the pandemic happened. It kind of shows you the way that things control the way people think. Man, Um, got a picture here. You might recognize this guy. Right, Tim Tebow. Hey, you're all not going to believe this. Wayne knows this because he gives me a hard time about it all the time. But uh, Tim Tebow has been to my house in Pound. Okay, no, this is true story. All right, uh, my folks, uh, you know, were were supported the his parents, Tim Tebow, uh, Bob and Pam's mission for a long time in the Philippines. And so when they would come stateside, they would always stay in pound. All right. So a little younger than me, but I uh, got to hang out with his brothers and sisters for sure. So pretty awesome story. Anyway, um, you know, I love Tim Tebow and Philippians 4.13. And here's a guy, man, it's just, you know, you look up to him. He is a role model for a lot of people, especially for, for young men and youth. And, and you're like, man, you know, this guy, you know, homeschool slash private school slash uh, 
prep football star, five-star recruit, right? Plays for Florida, wins the national championship. You know, just just unbelievable success story. He'll never get drafted, right? Oh, by the way, he gets drafted to the NFL, does some amazing things. And he wants to play baseball, too. Does that kind of reminds me of Michael Jordan, right? And, and you and you see Philippians four thirteen across his face, and you're like, man, yeah, he can do all things, can he? <laughs> um, so before Tim Tebow, there was Zach Collier. All right, so um, got some of my hats here. All right, so this is old school. Um. These are my baseball hats, the ones that survived. But, you know, pound, red and black, just awesome colors, by the way. Um, inside all of my hats, I know you can't see this, but it's smeared Philippians 4.13. Um, I'm not going to put this on. I put it on earlier. I'll just tell you it don't fit. Um, yeah, here's another one. Probably a little earlier. Before Trump made the trucker hat, look, yeah. Uh, now, I wrote this one out. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, Philippians 4.13. And under here, I put no, no excuses. I don't know. Another one, uh, all-star hat, yep, Philippians 4.13 there. Every hat that I had... I wrote that in. Um, when I, anytime I would tape my wrist or my ankles, I wrote that on. On my shoestrings, I would I would write this this verse on. And really, in my life, I was really blessed. And and I did do a lot of of those things. And it was weird. It was like I almost felt invincible. You know what I mean? Um, was able to do some things and very blessed. What does it mean? Do these words that are in God's word, does it mean that, that you can do anything and everything? Does it mean that? You know, there's, um, there is power in positive words, Right? From a human perspective, we love encouragement. Another famous guy, uh, quote from Pound, um, Napoleon Hill, maybe you've heard of him. But he was one of the pioneers of positive thinking. All right. Um, encouraging. It, it gives people power, but is there more than just human words and human encouragement behind it? What does the Word of God say, right? What does the Word of God say about what you can and cannot do? You know, the, the key here to all things, the key to all things is Christ. And when I say all things, that's what I mean. The key to all things is Christ. I want to share these just two things with you today. Without Here's how big it is. Without Christ, nothing. Without Christ, nothing. Nothing. Without Christ, you can't do nothing. 
English teachers are going to love that. It's a double negative, which makes it a positive in math in a math field. Without Christ, you can't do nothing. Might not be grammatically correct, but it's true. You can't do nothing. John 15, 5, this is Jesus. I'm divine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. He goes on to say this, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. You know, it's... So when you look out at a tree, you know, a fruit tree or something like that, the, the fruit grows on the end, right? The fruit grows on the branch. But you never see a branch just growing fruit apart from the tree. It can't. It won't. It can't happen. You know, so many, so many try to go through life disconnected from Christ. Like, I know we wouldn't say that. We, w- we, wouldn't, we would never admit to, th- to that. But we show it in our lives and how we live. Like, ap- apart from Christ. We, we, do, we do some good things every now and then. You know, we, we come to church regularly as we can. And, but, but other than that, I mean, a lot of people are disconnected. Not really bad not really doing evil things, just not connected to him. And sometimes, for me, maybe for you too, and for a lot of people, you have to learn this principle the hard way. You have to learn through experience. John 21, verse 3. I love Peter in this. You know, Peter always is one of those guys that just makes mistakes, and, you know, Jesus redeems him and saves him. It's a really good picture for us. But this is after Jesus' crucifixion and after the resurrection. And they're waiting there in Jerusalem for Jesus to show up. He said, I'll meet you. And what does Peter do? Gets impatient. Right? Wonders what's going on. Like he's, he's had enough waiting around. And he says this, I'm going to fish. Right? Have you ever been there? Like you're what you're waiting on something, you're waiting on the Lord, and and in the back of your head, you know the Lord does things in his time. You know that, but then you act a different way. You're like, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone. I'm gonna go do my own thing. I'm I'm going to go fish. But notice what they did. They said, Hey, we'll go with you. Right? They they were all just ready, they were all fed up. We'll go with you. So they went out. Got into the boat, but notice this. That night they caught what? Hey, without Jesus, you can't do nothing. Nothing. You can't, you can't bear fruit. You can't catch fish, right? And you can't live life. Here's the truth that is beyond you and me. There is no life without Jesus. No life, literally, literally no life apart from Christ. John 1, 3, through him, right? What, is that? what does that remind you of, Philippians 4, 13? I can do all things through Christ. Well, here's also through something else. Through him, all things were made. Without him, 
What's that word? Nothing. Nothing was made that had been made. Right? So John is saying here, all things that are existing out here, it does not exist without Jesus. As a matter of fact, without Jesus, nothing. Nothing. I love, uh, this made me think of a worship song. It's from a few years ago. I think the lady's name is Nicole Mullen. But in her song, it's, the song is called My Redeemer Lives. I love it. But these words, uh, who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? Who told the ocean you can only come this far? Who told the moon where to hide till evening? Jesus did. Jesus Christ. You see, without Jesus Christ, nothing, nothing, no life for, for anyone, for, for anything. And, and listen, no eternal life either. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I want you to see in God's word that Christ is pretty exclusive. He's pretty important. As a matter of fact, without Christ, it's nothing. It's nothing. Nothing. Nothing exists without Jesus. Nothing is possible. But, second thing, with Christ, anything, anything. Are you thinking along those lines today? I'm not Napoleon Hill. I'm not a self-help preacher. I'm just trying to explain the Word of God the best I know how to explain it. With Christ, anything is possible. Anything. Anything and everything. Here's another phrase for you English teachers. With Christ, can't ain't a word. It's not. It's not. Peter, back to Peter and the disciples when they went fishing. I love this. <laughs> Early in the morning, Jesus stood there on the shore. So what's the key in all this? Jesus shows up. But the disciples didn't realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them. It's funny here because God knows. And he knows that you can't do anything without him. And he, and he asked this question that he just knows the answer to, and it's almost like he's being sarcastic in a way. Friends, haven't you caught any fish? Right? Do you see the, the sarcasm there? No, they answered. Right? No. John 21, 6. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will. Just let those words soak into you today 
Because they come from Jesus. You will. You will. You will. Why? Because he's there. You will. You will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Do you see the difference there? Hey, I'm going to go do my own thing. You know, I'm tired of waiting around on Jesus. I know that I need him, but I'm going to act like I don't need him. So I'm going to go do my own thing, and it, it had amounted to what? Nothing. Nothing. An empty net and a wasted day. Jesus shows up. And it's everything. The point behind that is, is that Jesus is not going to fill your net every time, but the common denominator, the common factor in whether your life is nothing or anything is Jesus. I love the story of this, this father who has a son that just nobody can help. And he's demon-possessed and just suffering, been that way for a long time. Fathers, imagine your children. There's no, don't you feel helpless when, you're, when your children are hurting? Like when they're sick and, and it's really out of your hands and, and you just, what do you do? This man encountered Jesus, Mark 9, verse 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? See, haven't you caught any fish? He, he knew the answer. He was trying to do something in the man's life. Yeah, he, he, want, he was going to heal the boy. But he wanted to also work a miracle in this man's faith as well. He said, from childhood, it's often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. Notice this here, okay? But if you can do anything, do you see that there? Like, I've, I've tried it all. I've spent so many years trying to fix this. I've went to... See, people to help him, I went to all the experts, and nobody can do nothing. It, it can't be done. Nobody can do nothing for him. But if you can do anything, help, help me. Jesus was trying to bring this man to a point in his life, and I think he's trying to bring you there right now, right now. Verse 23, if you can, if you can, and Jesus was like, you realize who you're talking to here, if, if you can, in other words, the opposite of that is exactly what I said. Can't ain't a word. Everything is possible for one who believes this morning. Look, look at me. Do you believe that? 
Is this just a fairy tale? Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I think that's where we're at most of the time, honestly. In the back of our heads, we're like, yeah, this is God's word. I read some of these stories. I believe they're true. But then we struggle with faith when it comes to our own lives. Are you there where you believe, but you sort of don't? And I I want you... And God wants you to get over that hump, that log jam in, in, in your life. To the anything. Without Christ, nothing. With Christ, anything. Here's the thing you can be healed. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? You can be healed. That's what Jesus that's what that's what the, the word of God says. You can be healed. Miracles can happen. Do you believe a miracle can happen in your life? Do you believe that? That relationship that <laughs> you've given up on? Do you believe that can be restored through Christ? Do you believe it? That obstacle that you've been facing that for years, just like this guy with his kid, you know, you've tried every avenue, you've explored everything, every possibility to try to remedy this situation, and nothing's nothing's working. Do you believe that with Christ anything? That's what God's Word says. I'm not trying to give you false hope at all. I'm trying to do the best I can. Giving you God's word. The whole counsel. Not just Philippians 4.13. You see, we can easily explain, and I've heard it. I've heard it explained away. But then when you get to the word, the beginning to end and and you start to see this evidence of God can do anything and he wants you to believe that. That's where we need to be. That's how we need to live. You might say, well, look, I get that, I believe that, but what if the circumstances don't change for me? What if the difficult season that I'm in lasts a long time, right? What if things never change this side of heaven for me? Well, look, here's the thing about Philippians 4.13. All things means all things. You see, all things, I can do all things through Christ. Any situation, any circumstance, you can be healed, but you know what? If you're not, you can overcome. You can endure. You can. You can hold on. If things don't change for you, you can be strong. You can do all things through Christ. You see, the context of Philippians 4.13, Paul is imprisoned. Two years. Two years imprisoned. And after that, he was under house arrest. He was quarantined. 
Man, you, almost all of us were quarantined at some point over the past year and a half, right? I mean, were, were, we, were we positive and encouraging and hopeful during that time? You see, Philippians 4.13 wasn't about Paul. It never was. And it's not about you either. It's about Christ. It's about Christ. It's about who it's about who Paul was leaning on. I'm gonna read this from the message translation. I like looking at different translations and, and getting a a different perspective on things and a bigger picture of what God is, is trying to say. And I love the way the message explains this. It says, I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through what anything, anything, anything in the one who makes me who I am. Isn't that good? You can. Because of Christ. You know, Francis Chan is a well-known pastor, speaker. He says, this verse has little or nothing to do with our personal achievement in the face of severe odds. It's not about our achievements at all. It's all about Christ's achieve, achievement and a constant dependence on him regardless of one station in life, good or bad. Is that you this morning? You see, that's where the power is of Christ, is in that belief. Because Paul would say elsewhere, God's power is perfected in weakness. Weakness is when you're in a position of relying on him all the time. That's what that means. You, wanna, you want the perfect power of Christ resting upon your life? You've got to depend on him. You've got to stay connected to the vine. I love, I'm going to end right now. What Paul was getting at in many of his, his writings is the supremacy and the importance of Jesus. And that's what he was trying to get us to see. That's what I want you to see. Is how important Jesus, the Word, the Word of God, is he writes this in philippians just a chapter before i can do all things through christ this sets the stage for i can do all things through christ okay what do you what do you believe about jesus who is jesus to you philippians 3 8 indeed i count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing jesus christ my lord man do you have a relationship with jesus He's the key to all things. Without him, nothing. With him, anything. How valuable, how valuable is that relationship? How do you treat your relationship with Jesus? 
I know a lot of people reflect more of Peter and the guys going out to fish, right? Rather than waiting and counting upon the Lord. So many of us are missing out. You know, maybe you're here today and you're like the father of the demon-possessed boy. And there's some belief there, but it's mixed with unbelief. God's brought you to a crossroads today. Which side will you choose? Who will you run to today? If you're, if you're going through life without Christ, it's no life. It's nothing. If you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus today, today, he's calling to you. Come to me. With me, all things are possible. All things means forgiveness. All things means mercy. All things means grace. All things mean strength. All things mean power. All things means eternal life for you. I want to ask you to bow your head. Hey, look, if um, I don't normally do this, but if you're dealing with something or if, if God's Spirit has really convicted you, if His Word has penetrated you today, and there is a situation in your life that you have almost given up on, whether it be a sickness, an illness, a relationship, finances, occupation, whatever. Will you lay that before Jesus today? And even if you need to, right now, Will you just tell God, I'm struggling. I believe God help me. You see, even you, even your faith and my faith is impossible without Jesus. All things means all things. I'm going to lead us in prayer. If there's something that is evident to you, that God has made evident to you and clear, what I want you to do is as I pray, I want you to lift your hand. Not going to recognize you or anything like that. But I want you
want you to give that over to God. Give it to Jesus. And don't leave here with it. I want you to walk out of here under the power and the authority of Jesus Christ that through him you can do all things. God, right now, there are things going on in my life that I feel like are impossible. There are situations in my life that I feel like I cannot overcome. There are circumstances in my life, God, that make me feel like giving up. God, there's things that I've tried to do on my own. God, there's things that I've tried to do apart from you. Right now at this moment, God, I place my faith and my trust and my strength and my power in Jesus alone. And God, I need you. I need you. And God, help me to realize that I need you every single day. Help me to realize that apart from, from Jesus Christ, I can do nothing. God, be with me. Keep me. Strengthen me. Heal me, God. Empower me. Show me grace. Show me forgiveness and mercy. Help me to never, ever, ever discount the relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. May we view that relationship as Paul did. And when compared to everything else in this world, even the best that this world has to offer, nothing, nothing, nothing compares to the relationship that I have with Jesus. Help me to live and abide in him. And through him, I can do all things. His name we pray. Amen. What are you bringing in?
to your heart, to your mind, to your soul? What is it? Here's my prayer today. May it be more of the Word of God. Today, may it be more of the Word of God in your life. God's Word brings life to our lives. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What are you living on? God made us in the beginning to be completely dependent on his bread. Are you dependent on that today? Still. And we got bulletins back. Yay. Um, there's a section there that says, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me? What's God saying to you today? More time? More of me? Or more of him? More of him. Follow God's prompting. Follow God's word to you today. Your life will be better because of it. Let's pray. God, thank you for today and your message through your word. God, I pray that uh, we would see Scripture, the Bible, for what it is, and that is your word, God. And if that is true, which it is, but if we are convinced of that ourselves, God, may we live by it. May we long for it. As the deer pants for water, may we, may we have that type of thirst and that type of hunger to, to be anchored to your word. And maybe it's not reading two or three chapters each and every day, but maybe it's just that, that one moment where we, we look at your word and we just say, God, I need you. God, speak to me. God, may we just be willing to accept your word into our lives and allow it to get into us and not just read it to be reading it but to listen to listen to receive it to allow your word to bring the life that it gives into our own lives because your word is life changing God I pray today that if there's someone that is hungry for you in a relationship with you, God. That they will see Jesus as your word. Your, the physical representation of your word. Your word brings life. God, may they see Jesus as the source of life. And may they put their faith and their trust and their hope in him and what he did on the cross through his death so that they may have life. God, I pray that they would give their life to you today. God, for, for those that are struggling today, struggling to live out their faith, struggling to be faithful, God, thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for never leaving us and Thank you for continuing to speak to us through your word and to bring us back and to say us, 
say to us the things that you long to say to us because you know what's best. And you want a much better life for all of us, God. May we find that in nothing else but your holy word. May we anchor our life to it. In Christ's name we pray.